good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. Today is Wednesday, the 20th of July, 2022, and let's just jump into the first story of the day. Pegasus spyware used to hack dozens of activists in Thailand, and that's according to a report. A joint report by the Thai NGO, Internet Law Reform Dialogue, Digital Reach, and the Citizen Lab claims that the use of the invasive Israeli Pegasus spyware on the devices of prominent individuals leading Thailand's mass pro-democracy protests calling for major reform, as well as academics and human rights defenders who have publicly criticized the government spanned 2020 and 2021. According to ILAW, these anti-government elements, including human rights activists, opposition politicians and academics, claimed last November that they had received Apple emails warning them that they had been the subject of state-sponsored attacks, which were eventually found to be Pegasus hacking. About 30 anti-Thai government activists were allegedly targeted, among them being Anand Nampu, Panusaya, Shitekawakankul, and Jatapat Bun Patarasaksa. Amnesty International has called for the Thai government to investigate the use of the spyware, saying in a statement issued on Monday that the Thai authorities must launch an independent, prompt, thorough and effective investigation into the use of Pegasus spyware and take necessary measures to foster a safe environment for civic engagement. Such measures must include the amendment to legislation enabling state surveillance, including the Computer Crimes Act, the Cyber Security Act and the National Intelligence Act in line with international human rights law, as well as the implementation of safeguards to protect the rights to privacy and freedom of expression, association and peaceful assembly, it added. Pegasus is hacking software or spyware developed, marketed and licensed to governments around the world by an Israeli company, the NSO Group. It has the ability to infect billions of phones running either the iOS or Android operating system. Pegasus infections can be achieved through zero-click attacks, which do not require any interaction from the phone owner or user in order to succeed. In 2019, WhatsApp revealed that NSO's software had been used to send malware to more than 1,400 phones by exploiting a zero-click vulnerability. Simply by placing a WhatsApp call to a target device, malicious Pegasus code can be installed on the phone, even if the target never answered the call. Once installed on a phone, Pegasus can harvest more or less any information or extract any file, SMS message, address books, call histories, calendars, emails and internet browsing histories. It is worth remembering that this is only what has been found so far, and the scale of surveillance attempts could be wider and more damaging, said Etienne Manier, technologist at Amnesty International. Now moving along, Priot unfazed by censure. Prime Minister Priyut Chanacha on Monday appeared unfazed by the upcoming no-confidence debate, despite uncertainties over how small coalition parties would cast their votes. It is the fourth and last no confidence against the government as the administration will finish its term in March next year. Last week, the Setakai Thai Party, with 16 MPs under its wing, pulled out of the coalition and vowed to vote against General Priot and 10 other cabinet ministers targeted by the motion. 
Meanwhile, the so-called Group of 16, made up of MPs from micro-parties and several members of the Palang Pracharat party, were reportedly divided on whether or not they would consider supporting the Prime Minister. Speaking after the cabinet meeting, General Pryor said he was ready to face the music as he had pure intentions. He said that he was confident all cabinet ministers would be able to answer the opposition's questions. I work as much as I possibly can with everyone. The nation is first and foremost, he said. General Pryor also played down rumours of a rift between him and the PPRP leader, Prawit Wangsawan, saying that they had each other's back. Before the meeting, the Prime Minister reportedly held a 30-minute meeting with the leaders and Secretary-General of core coalition parties to determine how the parties might vote. Bumjai Thai, leader Anutan Charvakul and Varawat Silaparasha, head of the Chartaipatana Party Strategy and Policy Committee, said both parties will support General Priot. However, Democratic leader Jurian Lakasawinasit said a few MPs from his party might break ranks. Now, the censure has kicked off today and the opposition accused Public Health Minister Anutan Sharvakul of causing social problems and violating local and international laws by decriminalising cannabis without proper controls. Mr Anatan was the first to be grilled as the House began debating the opposition motion of no confidence in government ministers today. Sutan Klangseng, the chief opposition whip from the Putai party, began his attack with a video of Mr. Anatan's election campaign promise that his Bumjaitai party would bring happiness to the people by allowing them to grow cannabis, which would be decriminalized. Cannabis would be sold and used to make food and prevent and treat illness, even be smoked in private, Mr. Anatan was seen saying in the video clip. Mr. Sutton said that the speech violated Thai and international laws and also raised concerns over the cannabis smoking remark. He said the cannabis policy violated the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime Single Convention on Narcotics Drugs of 1961, which Thailand ratified. Cannabis was included as a dangerous narcotic in the convention, which limited its use to medical and research purposes and imposed strict controls on its use, he said. Mr. Sutan said the public health ministry decriminalized cannabis on June 9th without laws to control its use, and that was considered a violation of international law. The country could face international legal action over this issue, he noted. The chief opposition whip said the cannabis policy also violated section 66 of the constitution, which required the country to cooperate with international organizations and protect the public interest. Mr. Sutan said that after cannabis decriminalization on June 9th, cannabis products and cannabis-infused products became available on the streets. Students were seen abusing cannabis and people fell ill because of cannabis abuse and were taken to hospital. Mr. Tusutan asked if the government could really protect young people from cannabis abuse while households were allowed to grow cannabis and Mr. Anatan had already voiced support for cannabis smoking at home. Cannabis damages the brain of young people. There will be serious social problems, he said. Mr. Sutan also blamed Prime Minister Prayachana Shah for accepting Bumjaitai's cannabis decriminalization policy as a condition of the party joining and supporting the coalition. Medical, religious and judicial organisations had voiced their opposition to cannabis use, according to Mr. Sutton. So the censures debate kicked off yesterday. And uh, yes, the first person on the block was the very famous uh, Mr. Anatan, the Deputy Prime Minister and also the Minister of uh, Public Health. He's the guy, I think if anybody knows at this stage, uh, two years ago he described foreigners as dirty farangs. He was this 
and then uh, he's the guy who's come out just the nonsense out of his mouth over the last two years we should just disqualify him from being even a minister but nevertheless this is the standard of guy that is in the government and it's a no wonder the country is in the state it is in I think many, many Thai people at this stage are so fed up with these guys that at the next election that there is going to be a big change, I think, in this country. Now, it all depends, of course, who is running in the opposition and who they're going to hold up as the person to change the country. And that will be very important. This whole censure debate is, in my opinion, a bit of theatrics. I don't think the government are going to be beaten. I think he'll scrape through. But... It will be damaging and the opposition party will put a lot of things in electorate's minds about these guys and I think it will be pretty damaging for them. There is a lot of incompetence in government and these kind of censure debates are a very good chance for the opposition parties to shine a light on that incompetence and we've seen it before and you know I I think at this stage the best the people of Thailand can do and come to the conclusion that is that there's only maybe you know six seven eight months left until a new election and these guys hopefully will be gone because i think they're better off without them and they do need to move forward and start to have a more democratic society now that's just my humble opinion but a lot of people Thai people i talk to they very much want to get rid of the past of these generals taking over and staying in power as long as possible and pretending that they're working for the country when in fact they're working for themselves and the next two three weeks of this censure debate will be pretty interesting to see the things that will be said it'll be interesting to see if the prime minister can hold us cool because he's seen and known for you know swiping back in in kind of terrible ways and some of the stuff he's said over the past couple of years has just been horrendous but nevertheless i put it up to you do you think the government will fall at the end of this censure debate or do you think they'll scrape through and uh yeah be well damaged though coming up to the next election i'd love to know your opinion as always guys down in the comment section and moving along despite rise in infections bangkok will proceed with outdoor activities the bangkok metropolitan administration will not cancel outdoor entertainment activities for the public despite a small rise in daily infections in the capital and will ask the public health ministry to ease restrictions so the city can procure covid19 medications directly without relying on the ministry Last week, Public Health Permanent Secretary Kittibun Vongkratchit said he would invite the city's governor to a meeting today with senior health officials about the possibility of cancelling or curtailing crowd-gathering activities organised by the BMA. Governor Chachart Sitipunt said the administration has, so far, not detected a single case of a cluster of infections linked to outdoor activities such as movie screenings and mini-concerts. He claimed that the number of COVID-19 infections in Bangkok, identified using rapid antigen tests, remains stable, albeit with a small increase, and remains manageable, adding that most cases are within families and among office co-workers. According to Chachar, the main issue is the availability of hospital beds for serious COVID-19 cases, saying that there is no bed shortage as most cases are asymptomatic or mild and do not need hospitalization. He said, however, that the only group of people who remain of concern are the elderly, those with underlying diseases and pregnant women. The governor said that risky activities are not confined to outdoor movie screenings, but include shopping malls and food outlets. He suggested that people do not lower their guard, but do not panic either, adding that the BMA is ready to work with the public health ministry if more precautionary measures are needed. 
the governor assigned one of his deputy permanent secretaries, Dr. Wantani Watana, to attend a meeting with health officials at the Ministry of Public Health today, adding that he would like the ministry to allow the BMA to procure COVID-19 medications directly. According to the Disease Control Department Director General, Dr. Opard Karnkawimpong, 143,827 COVID-19 cases found using rapid antigen tests received outpatient medical services from July 10th to 16th. He warned, however, that the situation must be watched closely, noting that many people travelled up-country during the holidays last week, possibly infecting people there. Nonetheless, schools will resume classes this week. He disclosed that 98% of the fatalities last week were people over 60 with underlying diseases and pregnant women, adding that there was a rise in fatalities among those who had received only three doses of vaccine, with their latest dose received more than three months ago. Meanwhile, government spokesman Tanakorn Wang Bunkanchana said that the cabinet approved 3.95 million baht today for the procurement of 27 million favipravir tablets. The remainder of the budget will be intended to pay for rapid antigen tests. And moving along to a story that has been in the news a lot for the past week, and we're going to touch on it now with more detail about this new tourist fee. The tourist levy hits further turbulence with fears it could harm airlines' efforts to boost flight numbers. The fee will provide automatic insurance cover with 11.3% of the money from it going to pay for limited medical insurance for visitors with a ceiling of 500000 for 30 days after they first enter Thailand, while 88.7% will go to a fund to be used by the government to develop foreign tourism infrastructure in the kingdom. However, ongoing efforts to implement the proposal have repeatedly been stalled or postponed since 2019, and even before this, similar moves in 2006 and 2013 all fell true. Many observers feel that the likelihood of a general election being called between now and the end of 2022, as well as the pressing and critical economic need to boost foreign tourism numbers with increased international flight connection and frequency into Thailand, may see the plan being postponed yet again. Efforts by Thailand to introduce a new tourist levy to be known as the Thailand Tourism Fee or the TTF are making slow progress after it was confirmed this week that the plan is currently being delayed over discussions to formulate a method to collect the charge for incoming travellers by land and sea. It has also emerged that the proposed collection method has generated resistance from the international airline industry who are being asked to charge the fee which involves communication between Thailand's Ministry of Tourism and Sports and aircraft with the finalised passenger manifest required to be transmitted to Bangkok 15 minutes after takeoff for each incoming flight to the kingdom. Industry sources fear this may jeopardise efforts to increase flight frequency into Thailand this year to boost foreign tourism numbers. It has also been confirmed this week that there will be no exemption for expat residents or foreigners working in Thailand. Thailand's effort to introduce a foreign tourism levy on incoming passengers and arrivals to the kingdom have been postponed again with the Assistant Permanent Secretary at the Ministry of Tourism and Sports, Mong Kong Wimmon Rat, at this time citing concerns about how to record the arrival of passengers by sea and land to the country as the reasons for the delay and the continuing hiatus relating to the measure. There is also reported ongoing concerns about the proper handling of passenger data under various data protection laws in different countries of origin for flights into Thailand. 
The current proposed version of the levy, the implementation of which is being finalised, is called the Thailand Tourism Fee. And earlier in the year, the government decided to collect the fee through airline charges paid by passengers entering Thailand, which ran into some resistance. Under a plan rolled out in April, airlines had to register to participate in the Thailand Tourism Fee system designed by the Thai government by May 2nd. The new fee was to be collected by a signal sent by the airline after takeoff, confirming the number of inbound passengers to Thailand for the flight in progress. There has been negative feedback from airlines flying into the kingdom as the proposed fee collection process involves the deployment of resources by the airlines to carry out additional procedures as well as staff training at a time when the industry is expecting turmoil as it attempts to ramp up flight capacity to meet demand in the face of higher jet fuel prices and a lack of manpower worldwide with workers in the industry demanding increased pay due to runaway inflation amid labour shortages. Now, that's just a little update on this whole fiasco that has been going on now for the last seven or eight months, and yet it still has not been implemented. It seems rather complicated for something as simple as trying to collect 300 Thai baht. Now, whether or not you agree with the fee or you disagree, it can't be that hard to set up a simple system to collect it. And if you can't set up a simple system with the airline, then just have a jar at immigration when you're passing through and put your 300 into it. I mean, they've made it so complicated. And also the fact that they can't seem to come up with a system for land borders. I think part of the land border thing is they're probably thinking that people crossing land borders, let's say Malaysians, you know, Vietnamese, whoever, may not be able to afford 300 baht every time they're going over and back. And they're maybe trying to come up with some way to maybe even not charge the fee. That's just my opinion on that. Okay. You know, cross border trade that goes on every single day. How do you get around that? Maybe a special pass. But nevertheless, the way I look at it right now, I just can't see this ever happening. I think it's been dragged out so much that by the time they ever get around to it, we'll be looking at a new election and it'll get ditched because it's just not popular. It's not popular with travelers. It's not popular with tourism businesses in Thailand. It's not popular with the airlines. It seems to have no popularity whatsoever. And when you have something that's not popular, the best thing to do is kind of a don't talk about it anymore. Let it disappear into the vast wilderness of a bureaucracy within the government and not just leave it there and never talk about it again. And in other Southeast Asia news, Indonesia urges tech platforms to sign up to new licensing rules or risk being blocked. Indonesia urged tech companies on Monday to register under new licensing rules or run the risk of having their platforms blocked with data showing many big tech firms such as Google and Meta have yet to comply days out from the July 20th deadline. The requirement to register is part of a set of rules, first released in November 2020, that will allow authorities to order platforms to take down content deemed unlawful or that disturb public order within four hours if considered urgent and 24 hours if not. In a text message to Reuters, Communication Minister Johnny C. Plate urged companies to register before sanctions were applied. His ministry said last month that platforms could be blocked if they did not comply. As of Monday, more than 5,900 domestic companies and 108 foreign companies had registered, including short video app TikTok and music streaming firm Spotify, according to Communication Ministry data. Other platforms such as Google, Twitter and Meta platforms, which own Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp, have not yet registered. Spokespeople for Facebook, Twitter, WhatsApp and Google did not respond to requests for comment. 
The new licensing system applies to all domestic and foreign electronic service operators. The government can also compel companies to reveal communication and personal data of specific users if requested by law enforcement or government agencies. The government says that the new rules have been formulated to ensure internet service providers protect consumer data and that online content is used in a positive and productive way. Despite the threat, some analysts doubt whether Indonesian authorities would immediately block platforms operated by non-compliant companies, especially given how widely used some of the platforms are in Indonesia, including by state officials. With a youthful digital savvy population of 270 million Indonesians, is a top 10 market globally by number of users for a host of social media companies, including TikTok, Twitter and Facebook. Some activists say that the new article related to content posed a threat to privacy and freedom of expression. Our analysts show that it will be the most repressive regulation of its kind in the region, said Nendin Arum from Digital Rights Group, the Southeast Asia Freedom of Expression Network. Minister Plate said the registration requirement was administrative and not about content. There were an estimated 191 million social media users in Indonesia as of February 2022. According to Statista, only China and India have more social media users in the Asia-Pacific region. And finally, the Phuket News Daily Report. Serial burglar arrested. Police have arrested a man who has confessed to multiple thefts from houses he had broken into in the Vishit area after he tried to sell a stolen phone to a mobile phone shop on Koh Sirah. Privy Councillor Depong visits Phuket Ratchabat University. Privy Councillor General Depong Ratasuan visited Phuket Ratchabat University yesterday to attend a meeting explaining the university's current operations and strategies for developing educational courses on the campus. And finally, random drug tests for Phuket Airport taxi drivers. Officials at Phuket International Airport have launched a campaign to conduct random drug testing on taxi drivers at the key tourism facility in the hope of having the airport declared a white airport and boost confidence among tourists that are getting a clean driver. And by the way, just to the Phuket authorities, no point announcing it in advance. That will not be random and it certainly not be a surprise. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.